0: I um, um, appreciate this invitation and the support this church gives, Teen Challenge. Um, I know Teen Challenge has been in existence in Nassau for the last 26 years, but we are presently in the world for 58 years. Um, I've worked with Teen Challenge for those 26 years. They opened their program in April of 1988, and I came to the program that very same year in September of 1988, and I worked with the program. and. And went to Pennsylvania and did some training and worked along with the directors and was made executive director in two thousand and one. To give you a real update on what we are doing now, um, you know, normally Teen Challenge was provided rehabilitation, living one year residential treatment, and then a halfway house for those persons. It was mainly called a transitional home. That most of the young men we found out that them. Coming through our program and going back into society was like a culture shock to them because of the environment they came from. Most of them fall prey back to their antisocial behaviors. So we provided a bridge between them and normal society. We encourage them to go back to school and get a trade or go to college and what's not. But we, I've noticed in the last six years there's been a change in the persons who have been experimenting with drugs and a lot of young men who have been charged with very serious crimes in our country. And at the ages range between 13 and 25. You'll find presently they have about close to 250 young men, under 20, now on death row, charged with murder. Um, that's a very serious problem. And we found that a lot of the drug culture has changed. Mostly young men and young women who are experimenting with drugs are not the chronic drug addict that you'll see walking the street, probably eating out the garbage, begging you for a dollar. These not those type of young men. These people are functioning drug addicts. They live within a particular area that they live. They don't come out of the area. Most of them are involved in gangs. Most of them sell drugs. Most of them are poly drug users. They, they're using anything from marijuana to alcohol. I and mean, I don't know if you know the most popular drug out there is something they call lean. I know if you notice know when you go in your food store now, you cannot get over the counter, cough medicine, cogentin or coactive aid, you cannot get that now without having an ID. They've moved all that off the shelf. Now you have to present an ID to get that from in the back of the counter. You could have walked right to any food store and picked that up off the counter because a lot of young men are mixing that with, with soda, with Sprite, and they're drinking it. And it's a very, very serious drug. It numbs the body. And then we really know they're they popping Molly. That's a new pill that a lot of these young men, and we get ecstasy that a lot of them, and I know you're quite familiar with the BD, which has not really been tested yet, to find out what really what is the components behind this cheap cigarette that a lot of young men are addicted to. And you'll find that 999 of all the young men that are involved in crime are also drug addicts. So we did a pilot program where um, young men that are charged with petty crimes, like stealing, vandalism, resisting arrest, Causing harm, um, assault, um, I would go to the courts and plead with the magistrates for them and say, well listen, um, rather than sending this young man to prison, who was probably under the influence of drugs, why don't you put the case off and send him to me for six months? We run two, and we had three, and apparently we had three, three clinics, one at Teen Challenge in Marshall Road, and we run another one on Blue Hill Road. For these young men, once, I appeal to the judge to to, to, um, put their case off and give them six months to to get counseling. I also will have to ask what area they live in. Because you cannot take a young man that lives in Camp Road, who is in part of this, I don't know, I don't want to call any names because, you know what I mean, (laughs) Pastor Angel? I don't want to call any gang name to get myself in no problems, but there's a notorious gang in this country that is, Taking turf is a foreign gang that is down here now, and they're recruiting a lot of these young men. And so I'll have to ask what gang are you affiliated with? And depends on the gang, I'll have to place him to a that is close to where he lives. You, know, you know, we know we go and we preach, you know, don't join gangs. It's not like that. A young man is not initiated into a gang. You are born in a gang based on where you live. If you live in a particular area in the gang run that area, you're automatically in that gang. You don't, it's not like they ask you. You don't have a choice. To get out is to move out of the environment altogether. So, this program, I run a pilot program for the last two years, and all this is done, we don't have any money, this is done basically free. We ask them to meet with us twice a week for two hours, and we teach them things like, first of all, to make restitution back to the person of view of harm. That means you need to seek them out, you need to ask their forgiveness, and if you stole something, them, you need to buy it back. You take money from them, you knock what they teach, you need to tell them to the dentist, if you break their hand or you know, do something, or something that they have to be off their job, you break their car glass, that's the first thing. Then we teach them to take responsibility for what they feel and what they think. Take responsibility for the action, because I believe that if you don't take responsibility for something, you can't change it. You can't change what you don't take responsibility for. So we tell them to take responsibility, but most of the cases that are sent to me, you first, have to, you first have to admit that you're guilty. You have to say, I'm guilty, I need help. If you're not guilty, then you don't need no help, then you can't come to me. It's simple. Then you go to prison and you get tried or whatever the case may be. But once you say you're guilty, then I plead on your behalf to give you some time. I have a document here from the courts that has been sent back to me after, I, after this pilot program. I asked them to do research in all the courts of all these young men who have come through our program. You must do six months. Six months you must be on time. That's part of being responsible. We tell them, be there at six. If they come ten after six, you're late and you can't come in. I don't care what kind of cockamamie store you give me. That's it. The boss late, too later next week, see you later. So that's part of being responsible. To be on time. So we've gotten a report back from the court, and I don't know if it's just to do with our program. It may be a part of the pie, but this this document states that none of the young men are there, and I have all the names of the two hundred and fifteen young men in our pilot program has not reoffended. None of them have been back. But that don't mean they ain't do some other things. They might not get catch. I don't know. But I'm saying none of them was re-offended. I had a a program that I was starting in a very serious area, and we were using the church, but apparently the people got scared and told me they can't, you know, the people can't come in there, so that program got shut down. We were using the church on Day. I mean, they see these guys coming in with ankle bracelets on and, you know. They pick up their bag and run for their life. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't blame I don't take it personal. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe you're my one for their life if they come in too. I don't know. So that program was shut down. So I'm still looking for a hall. This is in the Kampur area. I'm still looking for a hall. But um, this is the program that is very, very effective. You know, anger is an emotion, but these violent behaviors are learned. A lot of these young men come from, from dysfunctioning families. They're already angry. They're already upset. They'll really feel disregarded and rejected. And then they go, they sit down on the blocks and they smoke dope, but they get people reinforcing these kind of behaviors. And so it's easy for them to go to the community and act out. But I, I want you to tell you something. You don't need to fear. You know, one coming to your house trying to rob you, nobody coming to try to kill you. Most of these murders that happen in this country are people who are involved in these kind of activities. Okay? Now, if you're involved in an activity, then you might be next. But I'm just telling you, they ain't out there looking to kill innocent people. Trust me, I, I know. They're not killing innocent people. They are, they are killing rival members and people who do them stuff, they they look for them and they snuff them out. Most of these young men who are murdered, if you check them, they just came out of prison. They probably went in for murder and killed murder them. You know, we this is so sad. It's so sad that I remember one time in this country when I was younger. If someone was killed or murdered, that 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 was like so that it was like a solemn thing over that community for months, Pastor Angel. I saw a young man, fella pull up on him in South Beach in the front of a Chinese restaurant. He's there buying some food. Fella pull up on him and put two on him. Head shot him. Young man died. Everyone looking at him. When the ambulance moved him, the people came up with a brush in the mouth, mop, wop up the blood, and they back open. And then you put, up, you put 50 people right back there, just like it never happened. You know, and, and it amazed me, as you know, there's no... There's no regard for life anymore in this country. I'm a missionary from Nassau to Nassau. And I looked at this picture right here, and I said, you know something? You know, yes, Jesus did say go into all the world, and I believe the missionaries are going to go in other countries. But I believe there's some worlds right within our own world that we haven't tapped into yet. Yeah. There's the drug world. There's the prostitution world. There, there, there's, there's a world of abuse. There's a world of, 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 of hunger. You know? That's this morning. We went and we fed, but close to 50 young men in the Cambodia. That's when I did breakfast with them and I prayed with them, you know, and, and they began to start to open up to me and, you know, I want them to, to do applications for them to go back to school and, and they get prepped to go to BDVI. It's not going to happen just like with me coming in, preaching to them. They ain't want to hear that. There's a church in there. we in the Bahamas. Hello? Christianity has become a religion. God never meant for Christianity to be religion. He meant for Christianity to be a way of life. We have made it into religion. So these young men, they ain't want to hear all that stuff. You know, I spoke to a young man. Let me tell you this young man. I spoke to a 16-year-old. He's now dead. Now fellow's to killed him. I walk up on him. A guy told me to talk to him, and I went to him. And let me tell you what these young men think. He was notorious. I went to him, and, I, and the guy said he wanted me to tell him about God. You know what he told me? He said, God? God? He said, boy, I determine who live and die around here. 16 years old. He told me that he's a God and he got his gun right in his hand. He's a God. He said, let me deal this up and say, I determine who live and die around here. Fellas, them kill him the next day. They roll up on him and headshot him the next day. So pray fast as we advance because the the message of the gospel still has power to change this young man. They need to be discipled. These young men have a lot of gifts and a lot of talents. You know, we we tend to, to get all religious and forget that that Moses, the, the gentleman who wrote the first what six books of the Bible, Pastor, five, how much the first five? Anyway, with five, one, two, four. He killed a man and bury him in the sand. I read it wrong, and and was a fugitive, flee the flee out of Egypt. Every all police and the CIA and the FBI looking for him. He's on a federal watch. He's on a bulletin. Right or wrong? The greatest country in the world was looking for him. Hello, I read a row. Then we your Paul, the apostle who we talked about, this fellow was an assassin. Hello? He, he, he went and was searching old Christians, and he there that gift. okay, for them to assassinate Stephen. He was knocked down off his high horse, and that's where we get the Gospels from. So we need to understand that I believe all in all my heart why I constantly reach out and put my life on the line. Because a couple of these young men, I minister do this Born a couple of them had their gun on the fellow, say, I can't go Well, I can't go with my gun. They got to keep their gun close. The fellow had the gun on him right then. So, uh, I mean, they should all could have been right there. While I put my life on the line, I believe that in the midst of all this turmoil in our country with these young men, I believe there's a lot of leaders right among those same young men. They just don't know. They just don't know that they have the potential to lead this country and to turn things around. So I want to thank you for your support. And if you want to pray for us, um, one of my students just stole, my own student uh, stole our pump. That's how these guys go. They're snakes. <laughs> no, I'm telling you if, you, if you look, if I could take off my shirt and you to see how abused these fellas do, me spiritually, I'll have a couple million chap on me because they are born betrayers. The very pump, that pumped water for them to bathe when he was leaving, he yuck it out and it and sell it for dope. These, these are selfish people, but you got to forgive them. So right now, we don't have a pump. Hello? I mean, we're getting water, but We we're by the pond, we're bathing the pond, we don't play, we're rough. <laughs> That's our greatest need. But pray for me and pray pray for the ministry. And I see Pastor Hansel here, man, and the work they're doing, you know, they're feeding the poor and ministering to these people. This ain't no joke. Hello? Yeah. This, this, on, this boots on the ground, this is where the rubber hit the road. Okay? Thank you very much.